lost, and then it's found and restored, and then it's celebrated. And we see that, first of all, with the shepherd that goes after the one sheep, the 99 left behind, the one sheep restored, the woman that searches for one of 10 coins that's been lost, and now what's commonly called the prodigal son, but really the focus is not on the son, it's on the father. And that gracious Father, and we talked about that. We titled this series, Our Our Seeking, Searching, Saving God. And we began with the seeking shepherd and the searching woman and then the saving father we began talking about this morning. This morning we talked about the five traits of rejoicing Papa, this father who rejoiced to have his son back. He was watching. He had been weeping. He had been warding off those things that would hurt his son. A warm welcome awaited that boy, and he displayed great wisdom. As joyful as the father is to welcome home that wayward son, the older brother is equally as disturbed. Now, let's be honest. When we read about this older brother, there are certain aspects of his argument that resonate a little bit, isn't it? I mean, this kid gets to go out and do whatever he wants, and you're going to throw a party for him, and I've been here the whole time, and where's my party? It kind of resonates a little bit, doesn't it? And that happens sometimes in Scripture, but when you make a closer inspection, we see some serious problems with his perspective. The younger, what we call prodigal son, represents the publicans and the sinners, but Jesus now turns his attention to a group that's far more dangerous, far more difficult to reach, not the publicans and the sinners, but the resentful Pharisees. Now, there's certainly truth from this morning's message that resonates with me, and I do recognize that I am capable of any sin out there apart from the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But I found at this point in my Christian life, by God's grace, I want to be careful how I say this, by God's grace, it's probably not going to be those publican kind of sins that are going to catch me. It could, and I need to be aware of that. Oh, but I'm in much more danger of being this older brother. And it's so easy. As a reminder from this morning, if you've wandered from God, if you've wandered from the Father, it's time to come back. You truly are only one prayer away from being right with your Father. Come back. Come home. If you've never been saved, why do you wait? Why would you put that off? But maybe you're here tonight. And you resonate more with the older brother, the one who stayed home. So if the Lord will help us tonight, we want to speak on the four traits of a resentful Pharisee. The four traits of a resentful Pharisee. Father, in this brief time we have left, would you use your word in the way that only you can? Apply it, speak to us, and Lord, just do something amazing here. Lord, would you bless the effort? And help us. 
God, there's nothing that I can do tonight. There's nothing that I can say. There's no performance that I can bring forth that's going to help anybody. We need your word to find that good ground and your Holy Spirit to do the work. And so we ask for that tonight. And may Jesus be lifted up in it, for it's in his name we ask these things. Amen. This was not an easy message to prepare because I see a bit of myself in it. Perhaps you will too. The four traits of a resentful Pharisee. The four traits of a resentful Pharisee. What's a Pharisee? They're religious. They look good on the outside. They hold certain standards, traditions. The standards and traditions aren't necessarily wrong, but the heart behind them often is. So let's look at it. These traits of a resentful Pharisee. Number one is anger. You look at verse 28. He's told that his brother has come home. He's told that his father has killed the fatted calf. He's told that a celebration is in full swing. And he was angry and would not go in. Boy, it's not hard to develop an anger when you see the father bless somebody else in a way that you think you deserve. (laughs) I sometimes debate and labor with whether or not my transparency is useful or not. But I'm telling you, I've been there. Social media has been no friend to me. And if social media is even half as true as it claims to be, then every preacher out there but me, their church is growing. And every preacher out there but me, they're seeing these. I mean, a guy I went to college with not too long ago, he just had this service. I mean, the place was packed and good night. People got saved two and three times. I mean, it was just something. And you know what? If I'm not careful, can happen. Well, I'm working hard. I'm trying to do what's right. That guy isn't even doing what's right. He isn't even right on some things. That guy quit wearing a suit years ago. You know, that kind of stuff. Why is he getting all this? They're building a what? They're building a family life center. They don't even need it. We need it. What is that? That's pharisaical. If I have any measure of displeasure at somebody else's blessings, that's wrong. But, but, but they don't deserve it. Well, we can't make that call, but guess what? Neither do I. It, but one thing I deserve, friends, and that's an eternity in hell. That's the only thing I deserve, you know. <laughs> Man, I don't want to go here. 
It can happen to ladies too, can't it? That girl I went to school with just got married. She's terrible and ugly. Where's my man? I've had conversations with ladies that struggle with that. I'm not trying to minimize the pain, but it can happen in the matter of children too. Hmm? Oh, I got quiet on me. But it's true. They got a new truck. What's that, their third truck? What are they going to do with three trucks? They don't deserve it. What's that fair? What's that older brother saying? He got what? He got the fatted calf? He don't deserve that. I'm not even going in. Boy, he's pouting, isn't he? And Christians do it too, don't we? Yeah. A resentful Pharisee, you see anger, particularly at others' blessings. Romans 12, 15 is pretty clear. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. That's what we're supposed to be doing. You know what else you see? Amnesia. Resentful Pharisees tend to have amnesia. We're still in verse, uh, well, we're in verse 29. Verse 28 says, he was, he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Now watch this. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. Really? In all the years you've served your father, you've never disobeyed him? Come on. That's not a matter of great character. That's a matter of amnesia. He's forgotten. Boy, we tend to remember every time somebody else has done wrong, don't we? But we tend to forget when it's us. Can I remind you what Isaiah said? All we like sheep have gone astray. How many is that? All. What's the Hebrew word for all? All. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We tend to forget our own failures, don't we? I've never failed you, Dad. Right. A resentful Pharisee deals with anger. Amnesia. Here's the third one. Apathy. What do I mean by apathy? When we fail to have the same measure of love for what or who God loves. Sometimes it even falls over into hatred. This boy hated his brother. But at the very least, we can get apathetic towards the things that God loves, can't we? For instance, 
Does God love that bum on the side of the road with a cardboard sign? He does. Do you? Do I? Does God love our brother and sisters in Christ? Do you? Do I? And where do I get this from? That, that he didn't love who or what the Father loves. Look at verse 30. He says, in verse 29, he says, Yet thou never gavest me a kid. He's talking about a goat. You didn't give me a goat. You gave him the fatted calf. You didn't even give me a goat that I might make merry with my friends. By the way, there's a good theological answer for that in verse 29. You have not because you ask not. And I wonder if the father wouldn't have thought that. Well, son, you never asked me for a goat. I'm not just going to give you one. You got to ask for it, you know. But look at what he continues to say in verse 30. But as soon as this, thy son, not my brother, didn't call him by name, he said, thy son. Now, if, if Claire and Asher get into it and one of them refers to the other as your daughter or your son, something acrimonious is going on. Or if I come home and my wife says, you will never guess what your son did. It's not exactly the most fuzzy thing going on there. This boy didn't love his brother the way his daddy loved him. The best we can say about him is he was apathetic to him. If we just, if we just keep it within the confines of the church, not even the person on the side of the road, not even the person begging at Walmart, if we just keep it within these walls, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. Do you love the other people in this room the way God loves them? Do I? Four traits of a resentful Pharisee. The first is anger. The second is amnesia. The third is apathy. And then finally, assumption. Verse 30, But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf, which hath devoured thy living with harlots. Here's my question. How does he know that? Remember, this boy didn't go from Israel to Syria or down to the Sinai. This boy went multiple borders away. And unless this brother sent somebody to spy on him, he has no idea what his brother's been doing. None. So how does he come to the conclusion that he has spent his living, devoured thy living with harlots? He assumed it. I mean, if we go back and read, what does the Bible actually say? Verse 13, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, is this assumption probably at least partially correct? Probably. But he doesn't know that. The Bible just says riotous living. That could mean he get drunk every night. That could mean he partied every night. 
That could mean he just, you know, threw money everywhere to just take care of his friends and all of that. Doesn't necessarily mean he was with harlots. Probably was, but doesn't necessarily mean that. This guy is making an assumption. Now, where does that fall into line with us? If we're not careful and we get a pharisaical spirit about us, we start to assume things about people that probably aren't true. Hmm? Do, you, do you see Brother Branson over there? He's in front of the liquor store. Okay, watch it. Yeah, cough medicine, I hear you. You know, that used to never be an issue before I moved to Appalachia. At least back in Richmond, if you were at a liquor store, it was to get drunk. And everybody knew it. Now, here you get here, and oh, no, man, you take some candy and put it down in the liquor and the honey and all that. See, now I got a whole nother layer of stuff to figure out. People make assumptions, don't they? Sometimes... It's easiest to make assumptions regarding motive. Oh, I know why they did that. You, you know what they're thinking. You know what they're after. No, you don't. You don't. Did you hear who joined the church? I bet they're living like the devil. How dare they join our church? You don't know that. Boy, it's easy to make assumptions, isn't it? That preacher didn't wear a tie Sunday night. Do you know that? I bet he's going liberal. No, I'm going fat. I'm ashamed of it, but I'm going fat. I can't button my collars anymore. And unless the Bible commands me to wear a tie, I ain't. Assumptions. Now, here's the question we've got to ask ourselves. I don't have a so what slide. But here's the question we've got to ask ourselves. Is any of this present in me? Because being a Pharisee is just like bitterness or a lot of other sins. It gets in in the tiniest amount. That's why the Bible calls sin leaven. It gets in the tiniest amount. Before you know it, it grows and it grows and it grows. So how about it? Do you find yourself angry or even just a little bit miffed at somebody else's blessing, that's something to watch out for. Do you find yourself forgetting your own failures but focusing on the failures of others? That's, that's something to watch out for. Do you find yourself failing to love what God loves and who God loves the way you should? Maybe you're just apathetic about it. That's something to watch out for. And do you find yourself making assumptions about others? That's easy to do. Be careful. Because those are the four traits of a resentful Pharisee. 